Are you looking for that day? Say amen. All right. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. We're going to read just a few verses and, and, and give you all we got. After the first service, it ain't much. Amen. Uh, uh, pray for oxygen. That's what I need. I need oxygen. Uh, the soreness is there, but that ain't too bad. Uh, but when you have surgery, how many know you lose your air? And, and, and when you're nervous, that takes your air. You have surgery, that takes your air. And your shirt's too small. That takes your air too. Amen? So help me. Help me and pray that God will give us what we need. Got a lot of information we want to talk about today. Uh, two weeks ago, we started a series on who is this Jesus? Who, who is this one that we're singing about, we're preaching about, we're, we're serving, uh, we're, we're surrendering our life to? Who is this Jesus? We learned on Easter Sunday... That this is Jesus' past. He was the Word become flesh. He was Emmanuel. God became human so that we could be free. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We learned his identity. We learned his activity. We learned his agony. But thank God we heard about his victory. Amen. The devil took him down, but he got back up. On the third day, he rose again. Somebody say amen. Listen, that is his identity, his agony, his activity, his victory. But then last week, we learned that Jesus not only died for us in the past, he is living for us in the present. He is alive and well. He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the tomb. He is in the glory world, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf, interceding on your behalf. He is our advocate. He is the one who stands up when the accuser of the brethren comes our way and tries to condemn us and tries to accuse us. He stands on our behalf. Say amen. He's living for us. Don't ever forget he's living for us. He did die, but he is alive, and he's well. Amen. That's present. That's right now. But what we're going to talk about today is Jesus' future. Not Jesus' past, not Jesus' present, but what is Jesus going to do in the future? What do we have to look forward to? What does this world have to look forward to? Because it has something to do with them too. So we're going we're gonna to look at that today, all right? A Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. I, I need to get over there myself. But uh, here in Acts 1, let me, let me explain uh, what, what we are looking at. This is right before, this is right before Jesus is caught back up to glory. Uh, he is spending his last few moments with his disciples. Uh, he is resurrected, been on this earth 40 days, and he, is, he has showed himself real. He has showed himself alive, and now he's fixing to go back to glory. And they asked him, are you going to set up your kingdom now? He said, don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that. He said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you know what he was trying to tell them? Don't get so caught up on prophecy that you forget your future. And you forget your purpose. You have, listen, I, I'm all about prophecy, and I'm all about studying it, and I'm all about doing that, but it, it irritates me that people will drive halfway across the world to hear a prophecy conference and won't go across the street to witness to their neighbor. Are y'all with me? He said, God, the Father put all these things in his time, and he's going to take care of that. You just go do what I've called you to do. Does that make sense? Amen. Well, after he told them that, this is what we are reading here in Acts 1, verse number 9. Acts 1, 9. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, 
Why stand you gazing up into heaven? Read this. This same Jesus. Say it with me. This same Jesus. One more time. Which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye seen him go into heaven. What did the angel explain to the disciples? He's coming again. This same Jesus that walked the streets of Jerusalem, this same Jesus who they butchered and put on a tree, this same Jesus who they wrapped up in grave clothes, this same Jesus who come out of the tomb wide awake, wide open, alive and well, this same Jesus who you saw do miracle after miracle after miracle, he may be leaving now, but he's coming again. 318 times in the New Testament, there are references to Jesus coming again. One out of every 25 verses in the New Testament tell us over and over and over and over, he's coming again, he's coming again, he's coming again. Children, it may look like we're losing, it may look like it's over, it is looking bad in our country, but lift up your head, he is coming again. Church, say amen. Now listen, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for an awesome spirit in this place and good singing. Thank you for all those that were saved in the early service. And Lord, I pray for a bunch to get saved in this service. And Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Here's the timeline. Here's the timeline. I'm going to just give you four quick points and you can write them down and we'll talk about them, all right? Uh, the next thing that's going to take place on the prophetic calendar when it comes to the Lord Jesus is this. Number one, the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. Say that with me. We find the the rapture of the church. You say, preacher, what is the rapture? Some skeptics, some critics say, well, preacher, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, the word trinity is not either. But you cannot read the Bible and not know that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? There, the, as far as that goes, the word Bible's not in the Bible. We know and we use the word rapture to depict the, the act that's going to take place that we find in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. It says this, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. The word, caught, the word rapture means caught up. Say that with me. The word rapture means caught up. What does that mean? That means this, there is coming a day when the trumpet will sound. There is coming a day when the last person on earth is going to be saved that God is waiting on. Listen, the last, the last thing is done to prepare our home in heaven. When that takes place, God the Father is going to tell God the Son, go get the bride that you paid for, and the trumpet's going to sound. There'll be a shout in the air, and we're going to leave this ground. Say amen. We're going to be called out. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, what about those that have dead? You know, the, the Bible says, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe this with all of my heart. I believe all those, how many of y'all got somebody in heaven right now? You got somebody in heaven. Do you know what? You, when they died, when they took their last breath, their soul and their spirit went straight to glory and you put their body in the ground. And in whatever form that is, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, our body will go back to the dust. But on that glad getting up date, the Bible says when that trumpet sounds, the bodies and the soul and the spirit will be reunited and we'll be caught up together. And we're not only going to see Jesus, but we're going to see Aunt Mary. We're going to see Uncle Joe. We're going to see old Henry. We're going to see all of our loved ones once again. Say amen. 
and it's going to be different this time. Preacher, why? Because there's not only going to be a calling, there's not only going to be a catching away, but there's going to be a changing, a changing. Say that with me. There's going to be a, a changing. Look what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That's talking about death. We're not all going to die. We're not all going to die. There's, there's going to be people that's not going to taste death. I'm praying to be one of them. Say amen. I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. Amen. I believe we're going to go in the rapture. Now, this is what the Bible says. We're not all going to die. But we shall all be Say it with me. We shall all be changed. How? In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now, what does that mean? When you were born, you were born corrupt. Do you, do you understand that? What, what does that mean? Uh, listen, it is a fact of life that the moment you're born, you begin to die. Things start dying. Cells start dying. Listen, uh, the moment you're born, you begin to die. You have a corrupt body. You have a body that breaks down. We have a body that gets old. We have, there comes a time in life when your arms are not long enough to see things. Say amen. Things happen. It requires medicine. It requires therapy. It requires surgery. It requires all these things just to keep operating and keep moving. And listen, there comes a day when more hurts than what don't hurt. Are y'all with me? Say amen. That is corrupt. We are living in a corrupt world. We are walking around in a corrupt body that breaks down. We're living in corrupt houses that will fall apart. You're, you're driving around in a corrupt car that's going to rust away one day. Hey, everything in this world is corrupt and broken. But one day when he calls our name, we're going to slide into a new body that's not broken anymore, that doesn't need glasses anymore, that doesn't need medicine anymore. We shall all be changed. Say amen. Amen. Uh, Brother Dave, could you get me some water, please, sir, if you don't mind? All right. And Brother Dave will be able to play that guitar. Say amen. Not that he can't do it now. Amen. Now, here's the deal. How many of you are looking to be changed? You see, your loved one went down broken, but they're going to get up whole. Listen, many of us, Cindy, I can't help but think about your papa and the disease that ravaged his body, and to the point that he couldn't even communicate with us no more. There's coming a day when that will be changed. Some of us were born with issues. Some of us were born with brokenness. Some of us, we inherited it. Some of us, whatever that might be. But do you realize that day when the trumpet sounds, we shall be changed. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, listen. How many of y'all know that, that Jesus knows all about everything we face in life. Everything. You know what he's saying? Just hold on. Just hold on. Church, say amen. Now, what's the first thing that's going to take place? What, what word did we use? Now, now, immediately after the rapture. <clears throat> immediate, now, this is going to be one that I'm going to talk fast and I'm going to throw out a lot of information so, uh, so just stay with me, all right? And there's going to be some parts of it that you can't... You, how many of y'all have ever watched a movie at home, and, and, and if you got up and went to the bathroom, and you come back, you was lost? 
All right, this is one of them. Do not let your mind go to the bathroom today. Are y'all with me? Stick with me. As soon as the rapture takes place, the Bible says, the Bible says in several different areas, in several different verses, it says, he that now letteth will let, and it's in reference to the Holy Spirit. The word let, L-E-T, means to hold back. He's holding back. What, what are you saying? I mean, at this present time, at this present moment, the Holy Spirit is holding back wickedness. It's holding back the forces of evil. It's holding back the Antichrist. But there's going to be a day when he's taken out of the way. It says, he that now letteth will let, and he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Who's that in reference to? It's the same one that's in reference to Revelation chapter number 6. When the Lord shall open up the sealed book, which I'll say in a minute. Listen, and the Antichrist shall step forward. That first white horse rider. Here's what happens in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, it says, I heard a voice behind me as it were a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the, in the throne room, in the throne, in the spirit, in the area where God was. I believe that is a type of the rapture of the church. After Revelation 4, 1, you don't find the church again to Revelation 19 when they're coming back with him. Amen. So here we are right after the rapture. We're in heaven. There's a throne room scene. And here we see that, that, that there is a title deed, if you will. There is a book in the hand of the one who is sitting on the throne, a seven sealed book. Now, we would look at it as a scroll. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, he sees this. The writer John <clears throat> He says, he says that, that, that there, there, there cried an angel. There cried an angel, a strong angel, with a loud voice saying, Who is worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof? And John said this, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book or to loose the seals thereof. And the angel tapped him on the shoulder and said, Fear not, John, for behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath, this is Jesus, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And he said, And I turned to see what that sight was. I turned to see the lion. And he said, And I saw a lamb as it had been slain. Somebody say amen. Preacher, what are you saying? This title deed. This title deed was stolen by the devil in the Garden of Eden. This right, this right, this authority to take back the earth, to take back what belonged to Jesus. He died to pay for it. Say amen. So he has the authority and he has the right to take it and open it up and to release the judgment upon this earth. Well, the Bible says he took this seal and he opened the first seal. This is Revelation chapter number 6. He opened the first seal, and a white horse came. A rider on a white horse and crowns was given unto him, and he had a bow in his hand. Now, this represents the Antichrist. You'll see there are two white horse riders in Revelation, one in chapter number 6 and one in chapter number 19. The one in chapter number 6 is the false Christ. The one in chapter number 19 is the real one. Are you all with me so far? Now, stay with me. Stay with me. This Antichrist, you've got to understand, the devil has always wanted what belongs to God. He has always wanted worship. He has everything God has, he's had an imitation for. And this imitation, this antichrist, this public figure that's going to be here upon this earth, you got to understand, I believe he's breathing the same air we are right now. I believe the, the antichrist is alive and well. I believe, listen, this whole world is being set up 
everything that's taken place in this world, everything that's taken place in our communities, everything that's taken place in the economy, everything that's taken place in all the political levels is setting up for the Antichrist to step forward. Because see, this is what's going to happen. When the rapture takes place, when the rapture takes place, somebody's going to have to explain why millions and millions of Christians have disappeared. Somebody's going to have to explain that. And he will. According to the word, he will have strong delusion. He's going to have a lie that is so powerful that the Bible says if we were here, we'd believe it. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't want to speculate on that. But, but there sure is an awful lot of movies and documentaries and, and, and stuff on alien abduction. Don't think that's an accident. Don't think that's an accident. Listen, there are people that already believe it for fact. Now, what, what, what's going to happen when, when millions of people disappear and say, See, we told you. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I do know this. I do know this. Think about the movies that are coming out right now. Think about the movies that are coming about. But not just that. What about the movies that are coming that's, that's all against the rich, against the poor? There's subtle hints that are being put out by Satan because I promise you, Satan controls Hollywood. You say, why are they doing that? Because the Bible says in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, race against race. I believe there's going to be political wars. I believe there's going to be racial wars. You can believe what you want to, but the race situation in our country is the worst it's ever been right now. I believe there's going to be, there's going to be uh, uh, wars against class, poor against the rich, fighting among everyone when this takes place. The rapture is going to take place. The Antichrist is going to step forward. He's going to explain it all away. He's going to sign a covenant with Israel. He's going to allow Israel to rebuild the temple. He's going to, they're all going to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He is the Messiah. We've been waiting on this guy all of these years. He's going to finally bring peace in the Middle East. But you see, when that next seal is open, Revelation chapter number 6, when that next seal is open, then a red horse comes, a, 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 a horse of war. You see, he's going to show his true colors because in three and a half years, he's going to break the covenant. And he's going to attack the nation of Israel. He's going to walk into that new temple. And he's going to command everybody to bow down to him. Jesus calls this the abomination of desolation, which is also mentioned in the book of Daniel. You see, the book of Daniel is the Old Testament version of the book of Revelation. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Jesus says this is all going to happen. And when that happens, he said, you better flee. You better run. Because everything, all Hades is going to break loose. Preacher, what's going to happen? You see, after the rapture is going to take place, the second thing is going to take place. There's going to be a reckoning. A reckoning. Say that word with me. A reckoning. What does this mean? You know what? It kind of seems like the world is getting away with murder. I, 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 you've got to be blind and choose to be dumb if you can't see how horribly morally bankrupt our, our country has gotten. You can, you can quote a verse in the Bible and be labeled a hater and a bigot. 
We have gotten so far away from God, and it seems like evil is winning. It seems like those people who deny Christ are winning. But don't ever doubt judgment is coming. You see, from Revelation chapter number 6 to Revelation chapter number 19, there are 21 different sets of judgments that are fall. Seven, seven, and seven. Seven, uh, tr- uh, excuse me, sealed judgments. He'll open a seal and judgment will fall. He'll open a seal and judgment will fall. He'll open a seal and judgment will fall. I mean, there will, be, there will be a crisis beyond our imagination. And according to Matthew, the Bible says there will be tribulation like this earth has never seen. It was bad during World War I. It was horrible during World War II. Listen, during the Great Depression, during all the plagues and the famines upon this earth, man has seen some horrible times during his time on this earth, but not like it's going to be. Seven sealed judgments will fall. Seven trumpet judgments will fall. Seven bold judgments or vile judgments will fall upon this earth. And God is going to pour his wrath out on wickedness and unbelievers. I know what you're thinking. That's horrible. But even in the tribulation period, you find the grace of God. Even in the time of judgment, you will find that God pauses the judgment in all three times. All three different sets of judgment, God pauses to give man a chance to repent. And you know what the Bible says? Still, they refuse. Even after a third of the vegetation of this earth is destroyed, even after a third of the fresh water is destroyed, even after a third of all of the population of this earth is destroyed, they still refuse to turn back to God. But there's going to be a reckoning. Ready or not, here he comes. Listen, they can mock him, they can deny him, they can reject him. They can de- Listen, they can do all the things they're doing, but I promise you this. He's coming. He came the first time and they crucified him. He came the first time meek and lowly. He came the first time in grace and humility. But he's coming again in power and great glory. Listen, we find the rapture. Then we find the reckoning. Revelation chapter number 6 all the way to Revelation chapter number 19. There's judgment falling and justice coming. But then, in Revelation 19, we find the return. Write that down. Now listen, don't get mixed up the rapture and the return of Christ. Are y'all with me? The rapture takes place in secret. The rapture is Jesus coming in the air. In the air. And we will be caught up to meet him in the air. The second coming is Jesus coming to this planet. And he will physically, literally walk on this planet and rule. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now Revelation 19 says, Behold, a white horse. And the he that sat upon him, whose name was faithful and true, his vesture was dipped in blood. He is showing I have paid the price to take what belongs to me. Now here's the deal. The Antichrist is going, to have, is going to have the world gathered together. The Antichrist is going to have the world gathered together in a valley called Megiddo, which we call the Battle of Armageddon, the apocalypse, if you will. The Battle of Armageddon is going to take place. You know what? Uh, 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 help me. Napoleon, Napoleon stood. He stood on the, on the hill overlooking this valley, and Napoleon said this is the greatest battlefield on the whole planet. 
and it will be. One day the Antichrist is going to have all of the armies of the world to come and attack Israel and to destroy Israel. And the eastern, hallelujah, the eastern sky is going to bust open. And Jesus is going to come forth. And the Bible said he's going to destroy them in that valley. And, and, and it's a great study. You ought to study that part because it's going to be a slaughter. He's going to destroy all of the unbelievers. He's going to destroy those wicked people who are trying to fight against God's people. And he's going to walk and he's going to sit on the throne of his father David. And then we find not only the return, but we find the millennial reign. The millennial reign. Revelation chapter number 20. It said a strong angel came and bound the devil. Let me read that because that's just I just like hearing that sound. Amen. Look at look in Revelation with me if you've got your Bible with you. And it's good to have a Bible when you're doing Bible study. <clears throat> Revelation 20. Are you there? Say amen. Look what it says. I saw an angel come down from heaven having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Can you? Can you, can you imagine life with no more temptation? Can you imagine life with no more condemnation? Can you imagine life with no more accusations? Nobody will ever be able to say during that period of time, the devil made me do it. Because at that time, no, nah, he's tied up. Say amen. No devil. He will be removed. And Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years. A thousand years. Now watch, watch. This, this, this is the part that you've got to stay tuned right here. This, is, this gets a little confusing, but I'm going to explain it. It says in verse number 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till... The thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Now, I don't know about you, but that one was confusing to me. I don't know. If it was me, I would say, if he's tied up, leave that scoundrel there. Are y'all with me? Why are you going to cut him loose again? Why are you going to cut him loose? How many of y'all know the answer to that? As soon as you get it, let me... No, I'm kidding. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Watch. Before I give it to you, though, I want to describe... I want to describe the, 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 the atmosphere, what it's going to be like during the millennial reign. During the millennial reign, the thousand years of Christ reigning on this earth, and according to these verses, look what it says in verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And, for, and by the way, guys, you're seeing that right now. There are people that are being beheaded right now. There are people that are being killed right now for their faith. Listen, these people, they are before him they, that, that, that were witnesses of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. What does that mean? They're going to be saints of God. New Testament saints also, saints that came through the tribulation, 
and made it and survived. Even saints that were uh, martyred for their faith that are going to rule with Jesus here on this earth. Y'all are not getting it. We will rule the earth. If you're here today and you're saved, you're going to reign and judge with him. Let it sink in a minute. But get this. What you do now is preparation for what you will do then. What are you, I believe there's going to be rank at this time. I believe there's going to be people reigning over countries and people reigning over closets. You can believe what you want. I, I, I just know what the Bible says. The Bible says if you're, those, there were some that was faithful over little, so he gave them much. If you're not faithful now, you're not going to have much then. Are y'all with me? Preacher, what are you saying? What do you want to do? What do you want to be during the millennial reign? Well, you better get busy serving God today. Because what you do today will determine what you will do then. I don't know about you, but I'm claiming I'm going to judge the Bahamas. Say amen. That's my spot. You can't claim it. I'm... I know that sounds a little crazy, but you got to get this. We will literally reign with Christ all over this world. This is the time described when his government will be upon his shoulder and he will be called wonderful. He will literally reign here upon this earth. Now, during this time, the Bible teaches us this, that during this time, that there'll be peace in the animal kingdom. There'll be peace in the animal kingdom. Isaiah 11 says this, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. That's talking about a goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. Can you imagine a little child leading his big old roaring lion down the street? Look, the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass, talking about a viper. And the wean child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. During this thousand years while we're reigning, there's not going to be, there's not going to be craziness in the animal kingdom. Everyone is going to be a grazing animal. A lion and a tiger and a bear and all of these carnivorous animals will go back to being herbivores like they were in the Garden of Eden. Isn't that amazing? Not only will there be peace in the animal kingdom, there'll be peace among men. There'll be peace among men. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4. Now as God judges, as Jesus sits on his throne, he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. In other words, that whole seven years when they did nothing but fight, nothing but war. And, and by the way, by the way, when you spend all of your technology and all your money on war, weapons of war, you go hungry because you're not farming. Do you know what's going to take place during the seven years of tribulation? Not only warfare, but famine. Because they spent all of their money, they spent all of their technology turning their plowshares into swords. 
But God said during the millennial reign, they're going to turn their swords into plowshares. There's going to be peace. Real peace. Listen, they're going to get along in Syria. They're going to get along in Israel. They're going to get along in, in, in Harlem. They're going to get along in Birmingham. They're going to get along anywhere you see fighting or struggling or, or issues. There's going to be peace. Why? Because finally the Prince of Peace has come. And all God's people say it. Listen, the curse will be removed. The curse will be removed. It's, it's, it's going to be a time of great joy. It's going to be a time when we're going to rule and reign. And, and listen, this, this earth is going to have a... Now watch this. This is where we're going to explain the other thing. The earth is finally going to have a perfect ruler with a perfect rule. Every decision he makes will be perfect. And we will have a perfect atmosphere. But watch what happens. Can you imagine a, a thousand years with no sickness? How many people are going to be born? Now, now let, me, let me clarify this because this is where it, it gets a little confusing for those that haven't studied. We that are coming back with Christ in our glorified body are going to rule and reign. But you still, there are going to be still people that survive the tribulation period in their natural body. Y'all with me? Not you hit this way. We will have our glorified body. We'll have a perfect body. But they will have a natural body. So they will still re be reproducing. They will still be in marriage and families and have children upon children upon children upon, for a thousand years. They're going to repopulate this earth. That's going to be, the, the, the population explosion is going to be incredible. And then Satan's going to be cut loose. One more time. Now, I always wondered, why? Why would he do that? Man, if we got him tied up, leave him there. But God is going to be justified. God is going to prove. Because, see, right now we have people that say the reason that men are bad is because of their atmosphere. They're really good at heart if they just had a better atmosphere around them. If they had better surroundings, men are just a product of their surroundings. But how many of y'all know that's a lie? Oh, if we just had more education. No, we'll just have educated crooks. Oh, education is the answer. No, it's not. God is going to prove the wickedness of man's heart. Because you see, Satan is going to be turned loose for a season. And he's going to go all over this earth deceiving, tricking, listen, and bringing people and rallying a group of people to come one more time to fight against God. And the Bible says there are going to be multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes who are going to believe Satan and believe his deception. You know why? Because even in a perfect atmosphere, man's heart at, at heart is still corrupt. And God is going to use that to prove it. And the Bible says they're going to come against Christ one more time. And God the Father will destroy them. And then we find the great white throne judgment. For all the unbelievers. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not let Jesus pay for your sin, then you will pay for your sin. Preacher, what is the great white throne judgment for? The Bible says, and I saw a great white throne. 
whose face the heavens and the earth fled away. And I saw great men, kings, listen, uh, emperors, dynasties, people who had great authority and power on this earth, and they stood before him who sat on his throne. And it says, and the books were opened, and another book was opened. I believe the books are, is reference to the Word of God because we're going to be judged according to the Bible. And I believe the other book, it says, is the book of life. And if you are here today and you're lost, if you die lost, you will stand before this judgment. And Jesus will say, sir, ma'am, here in the book of life, I cannot find your name. And the reason I cannot find your name is because here in Romans chapter number, uh, chapter number 10, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sir, ma'am, you never called on me. Depart from me forever. And according to Revelation 20, 21, listen, hell is not the final destination for the lost. Hell is a temporary holding place for the unbeliever. And they will be taken out of there and they will stand before the great white throne judgment. And after they are judged and they are sentenced, they'll be cast into the lake of fire with Satan and the Antichrist, the beast, and all of the unbelievers. Preacher, what are you saying? How could a loving God, how could a loving God create a place so awful for his people? He didn't. It was never created for his people. It was created for the devil and his angels. But if you choose to reject Christ today, if you choose to leave this building undone without God, if you choose to deny his salvation, that is your destination. Because in the future, there's going to be a rapture. In the future, there's going to be a reckoning. In the future, there's going to be a return. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to rule and reign on this earth. Listen, and there's going to be a millennial reign, which after that is going to be the judgment. Are you ready? Are you ready? If he was to come back tonight, are you ready? I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Oh, preacher, <coughs> this is what I'm going to do because, see, I watched that. <coughs> I watched that. I watched that Left Behind movie. And, and, and in that Left Behind movie, there's a bunch of church people who really wasn't saved. They come to church, but they wasn't saved. And then after the rapture, then they got right with God. And, and they, See, there's only one problem with that. That, that. that Left Behind movie is wrong. Because the Bible clearly says this, that if you choose not to believe when you've been given the opportunity, this is what the Bible says, God will send strong delusion that you believe a lie, and you will be damned. You will believe the lie of the Antichrist. If you've had an opportunity to hear the gospel in the time of grace, after the rapture, if you denied Christ in the time of grace, you will believe the Antichrist. What's your point, preacher? Today's the day. Today's the day. Don't put it off anymore. Don't make excuses anymore. Today is the day of salvation. Preacher, when do you think the rapture is going to take place? It could be before we get home. It could be before we lay our head down tonight. It says, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. I don't know about you, but we there. We there. He's coming soon.
We used to sing a song when I was growing up. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All the dead in Christ shall rise and rise to meet him in the sky. Going to where no one dies, heavenward bound. Which way are you headed? Say, preacher, what, 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 what? I'm, I'm saying this. If you know Jesus, he's coming for you. And you won't have to go through the tribulation period. You won't have to go through the seven seals. You won't have to go through the seven trumpets. You won't have to go through the seven vials. The Bible says we're not appointed to wrath. When God pours his wrath upon this earth, the question is, do you know him? And, hey, I want to introduce you to him. For three weeks we've been preaching about him. If you want to know him, I want to introduce him to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please be as sensitive. Don't be getting up and moving and, 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 and leaving and all that kind of stuff because this is real too important. Listen, if Jesus is speaking to your heart right now, right now, if Jesus is speaking to your heart right now, I want to tell you how to be saved. I want to tell you how to be saved right now. In my Bible, it says in Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. See, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are sinners. We were born sinners. We were born broken. We were born without God. I don't care how long you've gone to church. I don't care if your daddy was a preacher. I don't care if your, your mama is a singer in the choir. I don't care. I don't care. Listen, we were all sinners. And the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. It says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means you don't have to pay for your sin. He already did. But you've got to, you've got to receive His forgiveness. You've got to accept what he did on Calvary's cross so you could be forgiven. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That means you have to call on him right now. You have to ask him to forgive you right now. You have to receive him in your heart right now. If you're ready to do this on the floor, if you're ready to do this in the balcony, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray this with me. If you will mean this with all of your heart and receive him and believe him, he said he would save you. If you're ready to pray that prayer, I want you to bow your heads right now and pray this with me. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. The Holy Spirit is dealing with me right now. My heart is about to beat out of my chest. I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus died for me. And the best I know how, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me. To forgive me. To save me. And to change me.
I'm asking you now to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. As every head's bowed, I want to pray for you specifically. I don't want you to ever be ashamed of what Jesus has done for you. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to slip your hand up right where you are. Just slip it up and let me see it. Amen. I see that hand. Thank you, buddy. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand on the left. God bless you. In the balcony, in the balcony, I see that hand. God bless you, sir. Over to my right, I see this hand. I see it in the back. I see it on my far right. God bless you. God bless you. You can put it down. Listen, this is what I want to do for you. This is what I want to do for you. I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in the world, but listen, this is important. We can never be ashamed of Jesus. We have to be bold and courageous. I want to pray personally for you this morning. Personally for you, and I've got somebody in the balcony, brother, uh, our pastor up in the balcony, brother Jeff, he's got a green shirt on. He's got this little booklet that says, Now That I Believe. And everybody that raised your hand, you need one of these. If you raised your hand, I want to personally give you one. Please come and and receive this. And I'm going to pray specifically for you, just for you. It'll take just a minute. Would you please come right now? If you raised your hand, come in the balcony. Come and take that from Brother Jeff. And he he will give you this book that says, Now That I Believe. What's next? What's the next step? That's it. Get up out of your chair. Come on. They're coming from all over the building. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, just line up behind right here. Come on, sis. What's your name? All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. And I will ever love and trust Him. And in His presence daily live, I surrender all, Lord, I surrender. 